Hi folks, welcome along to another episode of Soundtracking with me, Edith Bowman, my weekly uh, deep dive into the world of film and music. It was um, really lovely to get so much response from you over the last couple of weeks and we've got to say a massive congratulations to Charlotte Wells and all her team uh, behind After Sun for their sweep of awards at the Biffas. Um, last week. Huge congratulations and so deserved. If you haven't seen the film yet, please do go and seek it out. It's called After Sun uh, and then listen back to Charlotte's episode, um, her first feature film. It's such an achievement. So, so happy for her. Uh, also, uh, Joachim Trier uh, picked up International Film for Worst Person in the World, another one of our favourites uh, and another one of our brilliant guests that we've had on the show. So do go and uh, dive into both those episodes that you can find at edithbowman.com. Now, it's always lovely talking to actors on soundtrack and to get their perspective on music. And we've got one of those for you today in the shape of Violent Night star David Harbour. Uh, more on that in just a second. But before we get to David, something very exciting to share with you from our good friends at View. Now, over the past few weeks on Soundtrack, and we've been talking about some great films that are out at the cinema. Bones and All, After Sun, as I just mentioned, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, just a couple of the examples. What's great about this Christmas period is that View are bringing back some absolute classics to the big screen throughout December, as well as having a fantastic collection of new releases. So I'm talking It's a Wonderful Life, Home Alone, Kevin, Die Hard, yes, it's a Christmas film, The Polar Express, hot, 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 hot chocolate, one of our absolute favourites. You could even listen back to its composer, Alan Silvestri, on episode 158, if you fancy, and loads, loads more, both family orientated or more grown-up ones. Now, as a family, we are planning quite a few trips to the big screen over Christmas because there's so much we want to see and it's something that we just love to do. And you can choose something old or something new for just £4.99 at selected view venues. More details are online. Also, a fantastic Christmas present idea for film fans in the family, a view gift card, particularly as we await the arrival of some great new titles. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Coming up in January, the new Steven Spielberg film, The Fablemans. So many to choose from. So what are you waiting for? Head to myview.com for all the details. And talking about films that are currently showing at View venues is Violent Night. And it sees David Harbour star as a Father Christmas who is anything but the traditional image of cheery, rosy-cheeked old man. It is, however, a brilliant and, as the title says, slightly violent take on the man in red with a big white beard. Um, I really enjoyed it. And you'll hear at the start as well um, me talking to him and regaling to him the joys of watching it with my older child. The film scored by Dominic Lewis and we'll begin with one of his cues, Santa, are you there?
Hello, David. How are you? I'm Edith. I'm all right. How you doing, Edith? I'm really good, thanks. Um, oh. I had a ball watching your film last night with my oh, cool. my my 14 year old. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to bring them, but it, they have to be adult supervised. <laughs> oh, we had a blast. <laughs> That's cool. That's great. <laughs> so great. It's gonna be fun getting to play kind of this version of you know Father Christmas Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the I think it's the only version they choose me to act in, but <laughs> it's much more fun than the traditional straight ahead Santa Claus because yeah, he's a wild guy and he gets we get to see who he was ten thousand years ago. So that's uh, that's exciting. Yeah, I kind of that was one of the things actually that Rudy said. My my uh, my son was kind of like, oh yeah, we're getting a backstory, and that kind of idea of you yeah. know the origins, the origin story exactly. of Father Christmas. Exactly, it's a Santa origin story. I mean, we only <laughs> hint that it's mysterious. We see flashbacks. We mm. kind of we don't fully get the full story, but yeah, the idea. I really like that because you know the funny thing about Santa is we invite this man into our homes every year down the chimney. We are happy that he's coming into our homes late at night. We don't see him, and he's just this red guy in a red suit who's delivering presents. But who is this guy? Like, what is he yeah. doing in our homes? And I, <laughs> yeah. I like going back and being like, maybe at one point in his life, this guy wasn't the best guy. <laughs> Drinking our whiskey. Eating our shortbread, yeah, exactly. all that kind yeah. of stuff as well. <laughs> it was that moment, though, as well, where I felt like I had to kind of, there's spoilers there for, for, for things in it, but it, that, I still love that idea of believing, you know, that kind of, listen, where we are in the world right now, having things that you can believe in, I think is a, is a beautiful and wonderful thing, particularly collectively as a family as well. Yeah, there was, I mean, that was one of the things was that it was really important to me that 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 uh, that you feel like when you leave this movie that you didn't just watch an action comedy, <laughs> yeah. that you feel like you watched a Christmas movie that makes you believe in the spirit of Christmas. And that's a really nice thing to leave the after you laugh and get grossed out and all this stuff to leave the theater with that sort of warmth is absolutely what I want to give to audiences on this in, during this stressful holiday time. There's something absolutely brilliant. I mean, I think we've watched it twice already. Home Alone is one of those films that you kind of, you know, gets you in the Christmas spirit. And there's that kind of really beautiful kind of tribute to it through the, what do they call them again? I forgot. Oh, my God. When, they, when she lays out all the traps, all the booby traps. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course, um, yeah. And it's such a great moment. And she, you're kind of like, whoa, this kid is brittle. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> she, she's definitely, I mean, if Santa's complicated, uh, so is this yeah. little girl. <laughs> yeah. When the, with the action stuff, because there is, you know, there's kind of loads of it kind of going on. And, and listen, I, I really love the, the character Alexi as well that you played in Black Widow and stuff as well. He's a really fun kind of character as well. A lot of action and, and stuff involved in that side of things. Do you enjoy that side of the job? You know, that kind of physicality side of it, of, you know, of what that's part of the character's personality, really, both of those characters, really. I do. I initially it wasn't my strong suit coming from the world of theater and character and plays and things like that so it wasn't my strong suit but as i've gone through like starting with stranger things having to punch people and then going into red <laughs> Gu hellboy red guardian 
where I was really doing a lot more fight sequences. I've gotten into it more and more. And it is, as you say, it's like an, a language for character. It's a language for psychology and for behavior. People express themselves in a different way. And the way that Alexi fights is different than the way that Santa fights. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Different disciplines and different <laughs> ways of going about it. And that's really interesting to me, too, to try to make each character's discipline specific. The beautiful craft as well behind that, you know, these craft men and women who are part of that team to prepare that, to choreograph all that kind of thing as well. You know, it's it's part of the process and it's they're a really important part of that production team and preparation as well. Yeah, they're and these guys in particular are the best at what they do. Mm-hmm. They're 87 North. They're the guys who did John Wick and this new Matrix movie, the stunt guys, the fight choreographers. And they're incredible. So they were a huge part of this movie. And the fights are spectacular. And they're big old set pieces mm-hmm. in and of themselves. I want to talk about music, if that's all right. And it's quite interesting when you think about you as a, a performer and a, a creative and where music's come into the storylines of characters you've been involved in. Um, American Pie is is a, a an obvious one with, with Black Widow, um, which is a beautiful part of the narrative and the kind mm. of performance of that song and the connection that song has between those characters. And mm. correct me if I'm wrong, but that was your idea. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. We were rehearsing and I wanted something because it, w- it really came out of the end of that scene that Elena and I had in the bedroom it ended in sort of an unsatisfying way when he tries to help her, tries to comfort her. I wanted something mm-hmm. more complex. And I thought, I thought it's so nice, you know, to sing a song with your parents. I mean, I watch, I watch like my wife and her little girl. She loves when she sings this particular song <laughs> and um, there's something so nice about that. So I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if Elena and Alexi had a song that they played on the ra- on the tape or what put in the tape that I love and just drove around when she couldn't sleep or something and he would just sing hmm. it to her. So yeah, it's it was a beautiful specific thing. And then Kate and I kind of came up with, oh, American Pie is great because they are Russian spies living in America. This idea of this you know football game, all the things that he talks about, so distinctly American. Then there are these outsiders looking in. I thought that was quite profound. I love that. Yeah. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how that music used to make me smile. And I knew if I had my chance that I could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while. But February made me shiver With every paper I deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside the day the music died. Listen, I don't think you should be embarrassed about about uh <laughs> I heard you say this, I don't know if this is about Jim's piece of music, the thing that would kind of save him from Vecna would be um Cowan Crows, Miss Jones. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a great I song. 
I know I thought about that the other day. There's something about me where I have such shame around music because I have all these indie rock friends <laughs> from the East Village who make fun of me for my pop culture. I thought about that the other day when I, I had said this thing about being embarrassed about it. I thought... I follow I follow Adam on on Instagram, and I just want to apologize to Adam that I've <laughs> I've been embarrassed about it. It's really not. I love that music. It's just really the fact that I've been hanging out with indie rock <laughs> punk friends from the East Village who just you know make fun of that stuff. But they make fun of my movies too, so it's uh, it's uh, it's fine. But yeah, I, yeah. I love their music. I really do love their music. It's been it's been with me since college. So wherever you are, whenever it comes on, you're like, you're straight in there singing along to it with kind of losing all your inhibitions. It's just one of those kind of songs that makes you want to kind of just get involved. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love it. <laughs> I think as well, your indie friends are definitely going to have some secret, uh, secret musical kind of moments as well, which they might not feel as comfortable to share as you have. So, you know. We've all got I our, our and secrets. I, I mean, I know that they judge music based on the amount of albums sold. <laughs> and if it's over a certain level, they hate it. <laughs> you know, when you were when when you were making the series, and I, I was interested to find out with Stranger Things, whether is there music present when you're filming and stuff? Because, you know, the music of this show is so brilliant, both the score that's created and that because it, it's such a part of the atmosphere. And then these needle drops these individual tracks whether it's you know the running up that hill which obviously was a huge one from from the last season music around are you i don't know is that part of the kind of process of when you're making the show i mean it's very much part of the duffer brothers process they have little headphones always and they'll always be directing a scene and listening to what they think the type of music might be behind the scene for them it's extremely important they don't always share that they will share it if, if a particular actor wants it and a lot of actors do i think millie really likes music playing when she's working um mm-hmm. i in general don't 
Although I do remember that last sequence in season three, when the machine's exploding, I turned to Joyce and just smile, like, do it, like, mm. you know, turn the key and kill, kill me, basically. I do remember we shot that and they were like, do you want to hear music? And we were in a big old soundstage, like this huge yeah. cavernous, echoey soundstage with just this little green screen type uh, platform. And they blasted out. I think it's that Moby song from season one. Uh, when it's oh. cold, I'd like to die. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, if you think back, you know, the show's gotten so big now and so sort of user-friendly in a certain way. But if you go back yeah. to that first season, I think that Moby song, when Will's being resurrected and she's fighting the Demogorgon, it's that that sequence with that particular song is so haunting in a certain mm. way. Um, they have this way of being Spielbergian in this big emotional way, but also haunting a Carp John Carpenter-ish in, this, in yeah. the same tone. So they did blast that out. And then we got that shot in like one take. So in that particular moment, it really helped me. In general, though, I can be scared of music because I feel like sometimes what you want to play is you want to play against tone uh, yeah. as an actor in a scene. You don't want to fall into a tone, even though they mm -hmm. want to create it. You want to be a different uh, instrument in that in that thing. So it's it's uh, you know a mix, but they're mm -hmm. very into music. They think it makes yeah. or breaks. Music. It's such a it's, it's a character in the show, really. I think the way yeah, that they marry absolutely. both those things. Has musical theatre been part of your your career at all? Uh, yes, in uh, a little place called high school, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did the musicals every year. There was a play and a musical, and I yes, yeah. I was in the musicals. I was often the star of the musicals, but I can't <laughs> sing worth a damn. I mean, I am a terrible singer. I no, I'm okay. I can carry a tune. I can carry a tune. But um, the real musical people in New York that I go and watch and uh, have seen throughout the years, I I don't really do what they do. They have a whole different world um, and a whole different set of skills. So, and even the whole eight times a week to being able to do that is insane yeah. to me. So, you know, I would like to do possibly 
a movie about a guy who really loves singing, but maybe not be the greatest at it. I think that would be a fun movie for me to do. But if you wanted me to actually be a super professional singer, I don't think I'm your guy. I don't know. I mean, when you, you know, we, we got that little rendition of the the Little Mermaid. That There was definitely a few singing chops in there with their part of your world, wasn't it? That was kind of, I don't know, I got a little sense oh, that this oh guy's God. got a voice. Somebody watches my Instagram, huh? <laughs> yeah, I did my, my research, David. Disney, my, dad, my passion for Disney mute movies does come through <laughs> my throat sometimes in weird ways, especially when my kids are around. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know as well. There's there's, there's um, things like Saturday Night Live as well with, with Peter Paul and Murray and stuff that kind of, being able to oh, play with that kind of thing is really fun. Do you know what I mean? Hey, as well, look, so, I'm, yeah. I, I'm down. I want you to call the studios right now and pitch this. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> um, what about when it comes to to sort of films and music as a as a fan? You know, are there are there certain scores or pieces of music that for you have continued to resonate with you or, or continue to kind of pop into your head when you think about music and film and, and where they've kind of really made an impression on you? Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of it. Again, it goes to the tone of each particular film. I mean, I remember yeah. the atonal stuff in Sicario being just incredible for that particular movie. You know, yeah. I mean, I've always grown up with the John Williams type, you know, Spielberg or Lucas, this big, uh, big instrumental stuff. But the more I go along, I like atonal weird stuff in, in as I said, Sicario. I thought in that movie Hereditary, Midsommar, that, that director uses music in a really interesting way or even just yeah. sound. It's not, you know, music and sound are almost yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I mean, anything that fits really well with the story and augments it and sometimes makes you aware of it, but in general just augments the story, I'm really into. I love in uh, in Violet Night how we have these kind of familiar Christmas songs, but they're kind of slightly off the kind of, you know, the sort of slightly left field in terms of who's done the version of it. There's a kind of, is there a, a Spanish version of Where's Santa Claus and all that kind of stuff? It's really clever. It's really, really good. Yeah, and also when you're doing those fight scenes and then it just bursts into a Christmas tune. Yeah, yeah. it's very clever. The music in this is terrific.
Have you got a favorite Christmas song? I do love that E Street band, Bruce Springsteen E Street band version of Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming, is to coming town. time. Or he asks if it, you know he's been a good boy. Santa gonna bring you a new saxophone this year? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love the live version of that. Oh man, I got to see him play it live. Actually, I was really pregnant, and he played at the O2 in London, and uh, oh, had wow. his Christmas hat on and stuff. I thought I was going to give oh, birth wow. when he played. I was so excited. <laughs> it was so great, so That's great. So you should great. listen to his new record. Actually, that came out this week. Um, Only the Strong Survive. He's done this. 15 track album that's covers of like soul classics it's really oh, wow. really great he's done a beautiful job oh, on it yeah cool. it's great listen i really had a great time it's so great having a kind of i've got a nine-year-old and a 14-year-old and they're they're obviously very different stages of what they can watch and what we can watch together and it's really great to have those opportunities where we can watch things collectively but it was so brilliant last night watching violent night with rudy we had such a laugh it was great oh that really makes me happy yeah I'd love to hear that yeah Love to hear. Uh, thank you so much for your time, David, and um, have a great Pleasure. Christmas when it comes. And um, yeah, right, you're you. you're 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 a great Father Christmas. Oh, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Take care. See you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. It's all cold down along the beach. The wind's whipping down the boardwalk. <laughs> hey, man! You guys know what time it is. You guys all been good and practicing real hard, yeah. Clients, you've been you've been rehearsing real hard now, so Santa bring you a new saxophone, right? Everybody out there been good, or what? Oh, that's not many, not many. You guys are in trouble out here. <laughs> and you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not bow. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town As chosen by David Harbour, that's Santa Claus is coming to town by our friend Bruce Springsteen, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with The Violet Night Star. My huge thanks to David for taking the time to talk to us. Violet Night is in cinemas now and is absolutely cracking fun. If you're new to the podcast, you can head to edithbowman.com to catch up with all of our previous episodes and subscribe to our YouTube channel for loads of bonus content. I will stick up the David interview there for you to watch and mention Bruce Springsteen. My chat with him, extended chat with him about his latest album is up there for you to watch now. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And please do send me an email if you want any details on anything that we have coming up or if you'd just like to make suggestions on who you would like to see in future episodes on the podcast. The details are info at edithbowman.com. Next week, really excited to uh, talk about a film that I absolutely loved. It's still out in a few selected cinemas, so make sure you go and check it out. It's called Emily. It's her debut feature, Frances O'Connor, that a lot of you will know from being in front of the camera. It's uh, it's an absolutely beautiful and brilliant foray into directing for Frances. Very excited on her journey. And she's also joined by the composer of the film, Abel Korzanowski. Frances O'Connor and Abel Korzanowski, next week's guest. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. <laughs> 